not in Kansas anymore. You have my curiosity. Are you telling me you built a time machine? The force will be with Welcome back to Get Real, the podcast where we get real about all of our favourite pop culture films and TV shows. I am Chris, and with me as always is the wingman, the falcon to my winter soldier. It is my co-host Sam. Quick, How are you doing? Quick Red Wing, tell me what we're talking about this week. Oh well, this week, if you hadn't guessed, we're talking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The Falcon? Ooh. But we, but Chris, we spoke about Falcon and the Winter Soldier already. That was our first impressions. The season wrapped up. Season finale was today as of recording. It was a few days ago now, if you're listening to this. Oh boy, doozy. That was that was a finale and a half. What? Oh, this we'll unpack the season later. Mm-hmm. Well, I was about to just start talking about it, but that's not how we do things around here. You've got to control so. that gushing, bro. You got to <sighs> you got to get something for that. You know, I'm sure they do a cream or something for it. <laughs> doctor, doctor, just can't stop gushing. One, 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 <laughs> please! I can't stop the finale of it. Was just <laughs> too one, good. one, one. This is an emergency. Nine, 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 my friend. <laughs> No, Siri, don't dial it. <laughs> no, don't. Don't do it, Siri. Um, anyway, anyway. Um, we're also going to talk some movies, uh, trailers and news and stuff like that. But first, we're going to start off the way that we always start off. With, what have you been watching, Sam? Uh, well, Chris, I watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Really? Yes. Wouldn't have, uh, have told. I also finished Invincible. Okay. Well, um, up to... Well, up to... Oh, I know the date. last episode came out today, didn't it? Oh, well, I've not watched the last episode then, have I? Uh, and then I've not... You're up to date anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I've not really watched much else. I've uh, I've got, a, I've had a crazy week, bro. It's been a... Yeah. It's, been, it's been a busy week. Your life's firing on all cylinders it's, right now, bro. It certainly is. We love to talk about how busy our lives are and... <laughs> and, and you know, I, I, I'll save it. I'll save wait, it this wait, week. Wait, it doesn't wait, matter. Wait, what have you been watching this week? Um, this week, what have I been watching? I have forgotten. Um, what the fuck have I been watching? Falcon oh, and the Winter Soldier. Um, I've watched. Yeah, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Obviously, I watched a lot more of Dota Dragon's Blood. I've nearly finished it. What do you, um, What do you think of it? I just kind of. Like, it's good. I just can't really connect with the story. I'm just sort of, like, passively watching it, just kind of like, eh. Because yeah. I know the characters and stuff, like... But I don't know well, why you, the story's just not engaging me at all. Like, we're on episode seven of nine, and fuck all's happened. Yeah, well, it's like, you think you know the characters until this kind of, like, starts to unwrap them a little bit more, and you're a bit like... Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Some and things just are a keep- little bit different. They keep mentioning Terrorblade as if like he's going to be like the vain, main villain, but I'm halfway through episode seven and there's only nine episodes left and we've not seen him at all on screen. And also, why didn't they just make Luna and that weird god woman who's very, very Scottish? Um, is she Scottish or Irish? I think she's Irish. Yeah, I think she is. Make her, oh, yeah, make them what? Make them what? Sorry, you just said make. Why? Them. Why didn't they make them the the main villains? You know what I mean? Well, because they were like yeah. they were great villains for that one episode. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they didn't make Miranda's friend, who's like a, an absolute tank out of nowhere, a character. You know, like why focus on her? Yeah, a bit but more? she's just she doesn't say anything. She just 
she just does a punch good, doesn't she? Like, why didn't they make that other Dragon Knight that Dragon Knight fought against with the cool arm and the giant sword? Why didn't they make him the next character? Yeah, he was in the trailer a lot as well. Yeah, um... Anyway, the next next character for the game, anyway, we mean. Mm. But yeah, I'm just sort of not clicking with it. I don't know what it is. Like, the animation's great. Like, Studio Mir always do a great job. But I think, obviously, like, this is some sort of writer's room to do with dota and valve and stuff like that yeah whereas like voltron worked really well and that used like the animation in this is amazing but i feel like it's wasted on a bit of a naff story whereas voltron's got like a great story and great animation i don't think maybe um, it's like the best of characters to really like introduce the i know dragon knight is kind of the like the front runner it's the poster boy of dota mm-hmm. right but i don't know why they've not gone with something maybe a little bit more interesting yeah because it's just kind of a bit like basic fantasy at the moment isn't it um whereas if they had gone for like a bit more of an out there character like maybe uh i don't even know i was gonna say juggernaut but i'm trying to think of like a monstery version of juggernaut or something yeah maybe one of the more Maybe, like, go for... Uh, I want to say Bristleback, but Bristleback doesn't seem like a very interesting character either. No, I think... You know they, what I mean? Like, have should... some more of the more out-there characters, because we've, we've only seen the human ones, haven't we? Yeah, they should have had someone anyway. who was, like, more detrimental to something really big happening across all the heroes. So I think in yeah. the lore, there's... Um, I think it's Elder Titan is, like, one of the big instigators of, like, events that happen in, in Dota. He kind of like mm-hmm. cracks like the world into these weird cool. planes of um, existence, yeah. And that's how you get things like Chaos Knight and uh, Rubik and things like that appear. Yeah, so. I was thinking like maybe maybe like have Axe and Sven and stuff like that, like and maybe Elder Titan. Maybe maybe you could do like a series about like the elemental spirits. So like you got Ember Spirit and. Earth. What they should have done is, is they should have done like a Parks and Rec slash Office uh, take on, <laughs> but have it as an anime and have it set on like. You got Sven leaning on his giant sword. Well, you'll never guess what fucking axe did to my fucking sword this week. <laughs> no, but you have <laughs> it's it like. Sven based... holding his sword in jelly. <laughs> you have it based on like how the game works. So you have it like. So yeah, who's going to go mid lane? <laughs> <laughs> nobody picked anybody like, good for the mid lane okay great yeah apparently this comic books uh, uh, I don't know I think it's just this narrative isn't connecting yeah. with me but it takes itself too maybe, seriously maybe book two or something you know what I mean yeah yeah might yeah cool. Um, cool. what else have we been watching other than that um, a bit of MasterChef oh yeah okay <laughs> yeah uh, yep. MasterChef and a bit more anime I been watching jujitsu kaisen to catch up with that which if you haven't watched that that's fucking amazing you want to see cool animation with a cool engaging story and amazing fight sequences check out jujitsu kaisen honestly some of those fight scenes just like blew my tits off and also now there's a giant uh fighting panda he's like a cursed giant panda who also has the soul of a gorilla inside of him Jeez. at the same time and it's fucking nutty he was fighting against a robot Jeez. A cursed robot. A with, cursed Whose robot. mouth turns into a cannon, yeah. A cursed robot, some may say. Yeah. But the robot is just being controlled by some other guy, like the other side of the city, who's like um, 
missing an arm and he's just constantly in a bathtub. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Sounds very confusing. Anyway. It's uh, amazing. <laughs> shall we move on to the news that's dropped this week? Yeah, we shall, because there's been quite a bit of news. There certainly has. So, I mean, there's a couple of things that uh, we found that are filming that have just started. So we've had a little look at uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Uh, we've got looks oh. at um, the almost like the statue stand-ins for the characters. So you've got one for Sonic, one for Tails, who we saw at the end of Sonic the Hedgehog 1, mm-hmm. and then also one for Knuckles as well. Excellent. I was hoping yeah. you were going to say Knuckles. So they're kind of getting My the trio back in. So, I Do we reckon at the end of Sonic 2 we'll get a nod to, to um, Shadow? Um, he'll be like in the third oh, one. Oh, that'd be cool. They're definitely going to do at least three of these, aren't they? I mean, why not put yeah, Shadow the Hedgehog Shadow in number on the two? Screen. Or would you have to set him up at the end of a film first? Possibly, because I feel like they might introduce him as like an anti-hero, like an antagonist. So if we're going like hardcore Dr. Eggman, like, like hard, well, Dr. Robotnik he is, isn't he? Yeah. Um, if we're going like hardcore video game version, which it looked like we were setting up, Maybe it's just Eggman or Robotnik, yeah. So they don't over muddle things, because we could always have like a, a Metal Sonic or something in that. Mm. The standards look and pretty cool. Shadow though. in Knuckles looks pretty true to uh, form. So I want to see this because I haven't seen these yet. Um, um, also, in terms of Knuckles, people are saying that Jason Momoa is rumored to be the front runner for voicing him, which I think would be pretty amazing. cool. Yes. That'd be First Flaws and Knuckles and Sonic 2. Let's have a look yeah. once this article loads. Yeah, Jason Momoa would be a great voice for him. Yeah. Also, maybe like a Dave Bautista or something. At first, I found oh, it yeah, so weird that the they set. used big, like, character model, like, big mannequin-y kind of things for uh, the stand-in. So, I don't know whether that's so they can test, like, light or... Uh, oh, apparently it's to help um, the actors be able to, like, shoot it's their... their eye lines. Yeah, it's the eye line stuff, so... But it's yeah, funny yeah, how they just stood there in the normally, street. Yeah, it does look weird, doesn't it? Like, it almost looks like like they are actually there on set and somebody's just touching Sonic in the crotch. <laughs> 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 like, it looks like he's giving the guy the stink eye just there, like, don't wire my mic up there. Yeah, <laughs> like, Knuckles looks like He's a real character stood in the street there. It's kind of weird. Yeah. But yeah, I, I suppose that's better for the actors rather than a guy in green screen holding a tennis ball. Like, look at the tennis ball. Yeah, exactly. Um, we also got some shots of the crew setting up for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, that's Ooh, being filmed was that... in Somerset in the UK. Yeah, that was the one in Somerset. So I think it wrapped filming after that. I think that was the last thing that they filmed mm. um and apparently it's like the most expensive thing that they've done for anything other than Endgame. i think yeah it's a two million pound set yeah. so it's a big which, set. it just looked like they were setting up in a barn which i don't get why that's two million mm. but uh hopefully it's like something out in like a big open space and that's what it was but we just didn't see photos of it yeah speaking of mcu news we've had a little bit more as well uh, we've got who confirmation we've got confirmation of who russell crowe is playing in marvel's thor love and thunder uh he's going to be playing <laughs> zeus bro he's going to be playing zeus Ooh. 
Which makes Ooh, sense. Does this mean maybe we get an introduction to Hercules as well? Well, I thought Zeus made sense because isn't um, Gore the God Butcher? Isn't he like a? Isn't he like a son of Zeus or something as well? No. So we went through this. He's an alien, but he went through the entire multiverse, collecting all the different gods and. Oh, uh, of course we did. We did go through this, um, killing them or enslaving them to make this giant god bomb. Um, yeah, but if we're getting Zeus, because Zeus isn't really a big player in Marvel, because we've got the Norse gods and Thor and stuff. Um, but obviously we get Hercules from Zeus, don't we? So mm-hmm. Hercules is a big character in Marvel, so they could be setting up someone to play Hercules in the future, maybe like She-Hulk or something like that. Mm-hmm. And in addition to this casting, we've also got the Secret Invasion TV series adds Amelia mm. Clark to the roster. Uh, there was somebody else got added to the casting as well, which I don't think we mentioned. That broke just after we finished recording last time, I think. Let's have a look. To Secret Invasion? Um, yeah, it was a, a big actress. Was it not Amelia Clark? Clark? No. No, it was before that. So, do you reckon um, she's going to be playing a scroll? It's possible. She might be playing, like... Uh, oh, Olivia Coleman. Yes. Uh, the queen from The Crown. Um, yeah, I reckon they could potentially both be playing scrolls, and they'll do, like, the human form and the alien form, like how Mendo Bendo did. Mm-hmm. Um... Olivia, eh, maybe Olivia Coleman might be playing a human character. Maybe someone on the board of directors for Sword or something. Maybe. Yeah. Amelia Clark seems like she might be playing like an alien creature, mm-hmm. someone who sees a bit more combat or something. Maybe. Yeah. Be cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, it it's getting a stacked cast for a Disney Plus series. Like, he's a lot of big name actors. Like Olivia Coleman's won Oscars and shit now, isn't she? So. Yeah, and she. I mean, and Amelia Clark seemed quite buzzing to be. Uh added to line up she did like a an instagram post which was like oh it's absolutely amazing and da, 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 and it's you know it's always you know it's such an honor and da, 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 which is nice mm-hmm. so it's nice to see someone yeah. hyped about being in a marvel film rather than just she's also just um just revealed she's written her own comic book as well which is about to come out okay that's cool Mila clark's written a graphic novel it's which might get an adaptation i can't remember what it's called it's mother of mercy or something maybe mother of mercy Demo of, uh, M-O-M, mother of something. As in mom. Yeah, mom. I see what you did there. Um, there is more news from Amazon's Lord of the Rings show. So, uh, there's two stories here. Uh, the first story is Amazon spending $465 million on its first season of its Lord of the Rings show. Yeah. That's uh, pretty expensive. To give you an idea... For reference, the entire Peter Jackson trilogy cost three hundred million, and the final season of Game of Thrones cost one hundred and twenty million. So, for this yeah. first season to be almost four times nearly as expensive as the final season of Game of Thrones is pretty crazy. Yeah, that's not like obviously the Peter Jackson trilogy cost that much, but that started production in the the last few days of the 90s didn't it yeah so like scaling that up it probably costs for inflation probably almost twice that nearly at mm. this point and um, then off, and then off the back of that it's still insane for a like per episode budget yeah 
And then off the back of that, Amazon has now cancelled its Lord of the Rings MMORPG, which is probably to help <laughs> fund the uh, the absolutely ludicrous budget for the TV show. Why? Why was Amazon making the game? <laughs> well, I don't know. This seems a bit weird. Amazon's like really good at it, you know, in terms of endorsing its movie stuff. You know, it's been picking yeah. stuff pretty well. You know, it bought Sound of Metal for the UK. Um, you've got the boys. You've got all that sort of stuff that's really good. Um, so yeah, hopefully the make, hopefully the production, the media production side of stuff is making the right choices. And mm-hmm. I don't think they've ever really done a game, so I wouldn't have wanted. Are, are they shooting in? Are they shooting in New Zealand again? Uh, it kind of feels like that is the only really I've, appropriate place to shoot a Lord of the Rings yeah, film. I think that I think they've announced ages ago. I think they announced one other location, and people were like, "Why aren't you shooting in New Zealand?" It's like we are. Uh, I feel like somebody said they're shooting in New Zealand as well. Yeah, but they were shooting somewhere else for a different type of landscape that you couldn't get in New Zealand. I mean, you know, you've got to have it a bit... You can't just make it Lord of the Rings, you know. It's got to be something a little yeah. bit different for a TV show. Yeah. So, but... I'm uh, excited. The final story I've got is quite a big one that broke very recently. Uh, Disney and Sony are set have set a massive movie deal bringing the Spider-Man films to Disney+. Plus. Mm. Mm, yeah, so they're doubling down now. Um, so Sony, they're not going to bother with their own streaming service. Um, and it kind of does make sense to have it on Disney Plus anyway, to be honest. It kind yeah. of would feel a bit weird. Like, I mean, it's kind of like that now, isn't it? We, In order to watch the Spider-Man films, in, if you were doing like an MCU binge, you would have to find homecoming and far from home elsewhere now tv yeah exactly sometimes now tv if they've aired on sky recently yeah <laughs> in the uk anyway and i guess the equivalent yeah, think... in the states would be like hulu or something like that yeah well hulu's owned by disney as well isn't it mm. um but yeah this is pretty good because they've also announced that venom and morbius and all the other properties tied to it will come to disney plus eventually as well yeah um, I think we'll probably get a big drop of all the Spider-Man stuff that's out so far because I think they even said like the Maguire films and the Andrew Garfield ones will come in as well. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, so I think we're going to get like a big Spider-Man dump and then it might be, you know, sort of when the DVD sales are going out, it'll probably come to Disney Plus for the other ones. Do you reckon but they'll put the uh, animated series on there as well? Yeah, a lot of people have been saying, because we have got some Spider-Man series on there, but it's the ones that uh, they did like around the whole Sony thing, because Sony have got the animated rights as well. So I reckon Spider-Verse and maybe Spectacular Spider-Man series will come to there eventually, maybe not straight away. Because mm-hmm. I, think, I think Netflix still have the rights for Spider-Verse. So they'll probably have to wait until they run out yeah. and then move it over to Disney+. Plus. Seems fair. And that's it, really, in terms of news. Um, I've not really got any other big stories for this week. It's just uh, on to trailers. Um, yeah, I can't think of much else big news. So, yeah, trailers. Trailers. There's three trailers. Trailer trash. Run that old theme. Uh, y- <laughs> ye- run it back. Brilliant. We're Brilliant. recording Bring this really late, so I can't do a proper yeehaw. <laughs> Bring it back. Okay, first one, because we want to tie it into the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, we've got oh, Sebastian oh. Stans. Yep, yep, just the house and mouse, everything. Everything Disney, we oh, are sorry, bookshelves. That, that was my attempt Disney. at doing a Falcon noise, so... 
Oh, I thought that was Mickey Mouse. Ah. Oh, 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 Pluto. It probably did sound more like. <laughs> probably did sound like anyway. more like the big mouse. But there you go. What What's the sound for the Winter Soldier? Um, is uh, it his broody, scream as he broody. fell from the freight I'm, train? I'm very broody. I'm very broody. <laughs> is it the sound of like metal punching metal? It's the sound of his arm when it like. It's like not being strong enough and it has to get that little bit stronger and it kind of like supports Yeah, you hear itself. like the cogs grinding. And it goes... It's like... Yeah. yeah it's pretty pretty brutal. Maybe it's the sound of the Dar- uh, Dora Milaje fucking with his arm. Maybe it's the sound of him <laughs> killing innocent people. I don't know. Oh, yeah. The screams of his victims. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Sebastian Stan is in a film called Monday. Uh, this felt like... Like Blue Valentine, only not quite as depressing. Um, he randomly hooks up with a girl on a night, and then they just end up sort of like falling for each other and spending a lot of time together. He looks like he's a traveling DJ, and uh, so she comes on the road with him and sort of like that kind of like trying to find themselves inside of each other. Which it looks really great, and it's nice to see Sebastian Stan headline in a film that's not um, MCU related. Mm-hmm. Um, Can't wait for so the yeah, sequel totally Tuesday. Uh, I mean, you've got at least seven of them. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're going fast and furious with this. After after Wednesday, the original cast will leave, and then when it, came, it comes to like Saturday and Sunday, the last two films, they bring back the original cast, so they'll get Sebastian Stan back in it. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's like mention of, oh, the happy times will end and all this sort of stuff, so it's like, ooh, it sounds like it's following the course of this relationship, a bit like Blue Valentine and stuff like that. Yeah, it seems a little bit... Um, uh lukewarm on the review side of stuff yeah maybe it looks good but maybe not the best thing in the world but Mm. it's still something that is worth checking out i think um the next one is a bit of a bigger one this is the conjuring 3 the devil made me do it uh which has been delayed about a year or so i think because of the rona and this is coming to hbo max in the u.s i don't know when we're going to be i think it's releasing in the cinemas in the uk I think it got pushed back till cinemas reopen. Um, if you've not seen any of the Conjuring films, it follows a husband and wife paranormal detective agency type thing as they explore different cases. It's loosely based on true events. Quotation marks out the wazoo because I got weirdly obsessed with like the Enfield um, files and stuff like that with like the possession of this kid in the UK and stuff from I think it was the seventies. And there definitely wasn't, like, the house blowing up in a storm with giant demons coming out of it and stuff like that. Mm. So it's definitely stretching the truth of these true-life stories and stuff. Yeah. But um, they were a real couple who investigated paranormal stuff. This one is, like, exploring them in, like, a court case type thing where this guy's being accused of murder, but um, it's clear that he's done it, but... Maybe he was possessed by the devil to do it. Um, this seems like the most out there one that they've done so far. Um, a lot more like big set pieces almost. Um, I like the Conjuring films. I don't like the spin-offs too much, especially not when they talk about creepy dolls that just refuse to watch the Annabelle films. Mm-hmm. But I do like the Conjuring 1 and 2, so maybe I'll check this out. Cool. Um, and then finally, the last one that we want to talk about. The biggest truth trailers... To bring it back... Well, I'll, I'll quickly mention something else first as well. They also released the first eight minutes of 
um, Mortal Kombat, and everyone's giving real high praise to how uh, the action looks. Yeah, I so, didn't watch this because I thought I didn't want to. I didn't want to watch the first. Exactly, like, it's like minutes. it's the first scene, yeah. and but then like a bloody um, YouTube uh, title and thumbnail spoil what happens. But um, I'm excited to watch the first eight minutes. <laughs> yeah, why not? So. I'm going to wait till the movie actually comes out. Anyway, the one that I wanted to talk about, to bring it back to the MCU before we talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we had our first look at Shang-Chi. Finally, this film was meant to come out after the Eternals and we still haven't seen anything of the Eternals, but we got a trailer for Shang-Chi and we got another trailer dropping in a few days, I think. Um, this was just a teaser, although it was a full-length fucking trailer in itself. Mm. Um, yeah, so Shang-Chi, uh, Master of Martial Arts from the MCU... They've changed a lot of the problematic stuff from the original origin of the character. Um, but this looks damn good. We're getting the original Mandarin back. They've changed the Ten Rings to being rings on his fingers to being like bracelets because I guess they've had enough of like big fistful of rings destroying things. Yeah. Um, seems pretty cool. It seems I think like a... the combat in this looks amazing. Mm. Um, I, I want to get up who the cinematographer was because I think he's worked on like big stuff um, and you can tell straight away. Um, Shang-Chi, Legend of the Twelve Rings. Um, I love the... So it's um, Samu... What? I was just about, while you were searching that, I was just going to say I love the whole bit where he just like throws that move, you know, where it's like, who are you? And it's like the most typical trailer thing you've ever seen. And he like quickly <laughs> just does that move to be like, yeah, you've seen me in the comics before. <laughs> yeah, he's like, watch me do this actual accurate kung fu pose. Yeah. Because God knows most of the other people who do quotation marks kung fu looking at fucking, what's his name? Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah, this actually looks like fighting. Come on, show me the cast and crew. Here we go. Because this buddy cinematographer is amazing. Okay, Bill Pope did it. Who did The Matrix? Who did okay. Spider-Man 2? Who yeah. did Baby Driver? You can tell he knows how to shoot uh, combat. Yeah. He did Elite Battle Angel. Like, that shot of him fighting with the neon signs behind him gave me just, like, such... Um, I think it was Skyfall. Mm. You know, when they're shooting in that skyscraper with, like, all the lights behind him and stuff like that. It yeah. looks absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Um, what else has he What else has he done? We've got here... Scott Pilgrim. Love that movie. Yeah. He did Metallica. There were videos that he... Uh, it was a documentary about Metallica. <laughs> you're, you're not saying some kind of monster. It's not that one. No. Okay, thank um, God. Anyway... No. This, this is yeah. Uh, he he did the Matrix, so you know the fight choreography is choreography going to be shot amazingly. Um, I thought the internet was cutting out there. <laughs> no, I just couldn't get my words out. Okay. I apologize as well if you hear me snuffling and coughing on my words. My allergies are really bad today. Oh god! So I'm constantly just like, <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, anyway, looks fucking great. Check it out. We got giant throwbacks to legendary, like, you know, like the lion dogs or, yeah, I think they're called lion dogs. You know, the ones that you see statues on the ends of people's drives and outside of, like, Chinese um, temples and stuff like that. Uh, we see, like, yeah. full living versions of them fighting in this ancient war and shit. 
Yeah, who's give me more the, of that. Who's the who's who is the person they're making out to be the villain in this with like the the fancy like face paint or the mask? Oh, um, Death Dealer. I think his name is Death Dealer. I think his name is Death Dealer. Oh, yeah, um, you are correct. Yeah, Death Dealer. Yeah, look at that big brain. Um, yeah, he's typically like an underling of the Mandarin, so. Yeah. Mm. Um I don't think he's gonna be like the final boss. I think he's just gonna be like the one hunting him down a lot. I think he's probably gonna end up fighting the Mandarin at the end of this. Yeah. Also, Lego have spoiled some stuff. Like we're actually gonna get a dragon, but it's gonna be part of the flashbacks, I think. Oh, I see. Looking by it. Yeah, there's already a um, lot of stuff. There's a thing here for the Marvel Legends series about Death Dealer. And it literally is okay. the it's like a builder figure. And it says, Death Dealer is one of the most formidable opponents Shang-Chi has ever faced. There you go. There you go. Um, I, l- I really like Aquafina as like a comedic actress, but I feel like sometimes she's a bit samey. You know what I mean at the moment? Like, I like her sporadically. Like, she's great in Crazy Rich Asians. She's great in Kim's Convenience, which is like her little like passion project. Like, um, sitcom that she's on mm. um i just don't want her to overpower shang chi in this a little bit because it's his movie <laughs> you know what i mean um, yeah i don't know i think the problem may have been that i think that maybe the trailers cut a little bit weird yeah that's what i was thinking like the do you want to focus on the kung fu in the trailer or do you want to focus on the jokes you know what i mean yeah exactly yeah uh, Michelle Yeoh is in this, though. Oh. I, I will watch Michelle Yeoh in absolutely anything. The dragon that Lego kind of spoils looks like it's going to be part of like one of the main fights. It's like got yeah, Shang-Chi, well, Death a... Dealer, and a little dragon called Morris. So. <laughs> a little dragon called Morris? There we go. Yeah. Um, maybe. Maybe we'll see multiple dragons in this, because it also says something about an ancient village as well, and we see flashbacks to this ancient war, like I said, with the, dra- uh, the demon dogs. Uh, not demon dogs, lion dogs. Mm. And stuff like that. So, I don't know. But either way, I'm excited to see some really cool punching and kicking. Also, the guy that played Drago's son from Creed 2 is in this. He's the Razor Wrist or something like that. Yeah. I don't hear uh, the guy with the sword on the bus. Yeah. Also, that bus fight scene. Woo! Those jump kicks and shit. Mm. Yeah, that's why you get someone who can do Kung Fu to actually be the lead in a Kung Fu movie. Yeah, the Simon Liu, I think his name, if I've pronounced that yeah. correctly... Um, a lot of this is actually practical, like that knife, um, that knife bit where he like kind of knocks the knife out of Death Dealer's hand. Um, mm-hmm. He, he like that was all practical apparently. It took yeah, him like well, seventy five takes to get it. He was a martial artist and stuntman and stuff like that, and he and an actor as well. And he basically was just tweeting at Marvel a lot. It was just like back in twenty fourteen, and they were like. Him, mate, cast me a Shang-Chi. Cast me a Shang-Chi. Cast me a Shang-Chi. He was doing it loads and loads and loads. And then eventually they're like, oh yeah, we're making a Shang-Chi film. And then like the next thing you know, he has been cast in it. It's like, he knew what he wanted and he got it. You know what I mean? Like, fair play. Like, you get someone who knows the shit. Yeah, it gives me, this trailer gives me like Doctor Strange, but Kung Fu kind of vibes. Which I'm not mad at. No, definitely <laughs> not mad at. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do it, like, that's a good way of doing it. Like... You don't want to make it. You don't want to make it like Guardians of the Galaxy, do you? You want to make it more like a Doctor Strange or something. Yeah. You got the mystical, but you got like the 
a cool realism to it, like bring it bring it into the real world a bit. Also, mm-hmm. I want to see this fighting tournament. Uh, we're also going to Madripoor in there as well, so we're going to get ties back to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm. Mm. Speaking anyway. of which, that's our main topic for today. Shall we move on to the main topic? Yes. It was a good segue, that wasn't it? It was a beautiful back. segue. Oof. Oof. Okay. Um, we're going to try and talk non-spoilers to begin with. Yeah. Um, as always. We did do we our first impressions episode as well for people who missed that. We did do the yep. first two episodes where we talked about them. So if you wanted to just know about what happens in the first two episodes uh, with and be completely safe from, from spoilers, uh, that is a fantastic shout. Uh, but yeah, like Chris said, we'll try and avoid spoil like the big main spoilers for the end of the season. And we'll just kind of give... Which a, there are big main spoilers. There are certainly <laughs> big main spoilers. And we'll just kind of like wrap up kind of what we thought about maybe the main like you know just wrap it up a little bit and then we'll talk about more plot based stuff okay so sam what did you think of this series especially stacking up compared to how much we loved to wandavision okay well i think i think maybe it needed to be watched in one go i don't think this benefited as much from being on a weekly release schedule personally mm. um and i think that kind of showed in the first couple of episodes i think we definitely felt it more with the first couple of episodes of this than what we did obviously because one division we had a couple of episodes out of one division and then but that was more separate you know like the chapters felt more separated at the beginning of one division whereas with mm-hmm. this it felt like I could have done with watching this as in one big go. And I don't know whether that's because maybe this felt more like a Marvel movie kind of thing where WandaVision was like different enough that I didn't need to see it in one go. I don't know whether that makes sense. Yeah, this is exactly what I was thinking. Like it felt like an MCU movie that had been split up a little bit. Um there wasn't as much to impact, uh, like unpack every week, was there? So it's like, whereas with WandaVision, you had enough to like delve into that it carried you through the week until the next episode. Whereas this is like, once you watched it, like there was a few little like nods and stuff if you wanted to get real nerdy in there, but there wasn't like some great conspiracy to unpack or something. So it felt like every week you were just kind of like waiting ages to get to the next episode because after like the weekend you weren't really talking about the episode anymore yeah and it just felt like i mean the last two the last three episodes um were incredible especially Mm. with the bits where it touches on um you know the theme of captain america you know like it it starts to touch that kind of the the heartbeat of that a little bit as it gets towards Mm -hmm. the end and i think all the different factors of it that it talks about and how it addresses it and, you know, the mantle of Captain America and what this TV series does with that is, is like, really starts to develop in the last couple of episodes. Um, yeah, they really start to delve into the shield and what it means to the country and to the world, doesn't it? And, like, what it means to be maybe, uh, maybe like, American or what it means to be, like, a citizen. You know yeah, what I mean? It, um, it definitely addresses a lot of different things, this show. It definitely addresses, like, PTSD from, like, Bucky's end of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then it'll obviously deal with a lot of um, racial topics um, from uh, Sam Sam's end in terms of like what Falcon goes through. Um, yeah, and his interactions when they brought back like Isaiah Bradley and stuff, which I know we both said we were really excited to see where that went. Yeah, um, when we talked about our first impressions. I think the way that they explored that was really good. Like, it wasn't sort of like overdone. It was it was done in a nice way without like it stated it perfectly, and I don't think it needed to go above and beyond that. It didn't have to dominate the narrative mm. to get its point across. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I I just think maybe like the whole the like, obviously the Zemo stuff in this was what is no it probably wasn't anywhere near as what we was expecting from when we saw the trailer. The trailer definitely sets up a different plot line in your head to what you actually end up I th- getting. I think it was noticeable now that I've seen the whole thing, it's noticeable that there's been a plot line throughout this being cut out. Yeah. Um and I think that's why it was only six episodes. Um because obviously they had to get around the whole like bioweapon aspect of it and stuff like that and the whole vaccine and stuff Mm. that we saw um and you can tell a lot of the flag smasher sort of scenes and stuff because there was a few leaps in their ideology um it still worked it still worked perfectly fine it served the purpose of the narrative and stuff um but you could tell maybe if you didn't know it was in there originally you probably wouldn't notice but because you and i are so ingrained and like researching this and obviously we've got the podcast we need to look into it and stuff i really noticed like there seemed to be something missing with the narrative and it you just had to sort of believe the leaps in logic which didn't bother me too much i think if i watched it all in one go it wouldn't have bothered me at all yeah so, i agree other than like the release schedule did you did you enjoy the show was it still good oh yeah 100 percent. like the action in it was really good um it was very much kind of in the respect of a marvel film uh, very win- like mm-hmm. very much in like winter soldiery at some parts Definitely. to be honest um i absolutely loved wyatt russell in this um mm-hmm. regardless of the weird choice of his character maybe in the last episode was a little bit weird i i, I will talk about that later anyway we'll try and avoid anything from the final the season finale yeah uh, until we kind of talk about it, um, time code description below. Um, but yeah, I've I really liked the action. Um, I think it was choreography wise, it was awesome. Um, yeah. There was lots of like really cool action set pieces. Uh, the characters it had great all... weight to it. Yeah, it had weight, and also the characters' emotion had weight to it as well. Like although there was quite a lot of different overlapping. Uh, fields of narrative and different stories going on throughout um it kind of still carried itself really well um Mm -hmm. yeah i enjoyed it i enjoyed it it was an interesting way of like what where do you obviously captain america we're assuming is is gone now obviously steve rogers you know his his living on the moon yeah he's either living on the moon but i think his uh his arc was concluded in Endgame, you know, much like that of Tony Stark's. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting now how it sets up, you know, the the lineage of that character and how yeah, rather... the legacy that he left behind and what what the flag and the shield mean. Yeah, and it always talks about what it means. And I think 
there's a weirdness between what it represents and like I don't know in the final episode it was like it kind of picked and choosed a little bit about when it was about the shield and when it was about um when it was about kind of the uh the 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 racial divide you know what i mean like it was mm. kind of, it, it it kind of like went back in two between though and obviously it ties it together quite nicely but it you know it, it goes between that quite a bit and yeah, yeah. I, I think I think it's I think it's very relevant. I think the show is very relevant to everything going on. I think the humor. I think taking Bucky and Falcon and putting them in a show together was a really good choice. Um, yeah, because of obviously the history and where they ended with Endgame. Um, I'm seeing a lot of jokes about how they first met. Like the first time they meet each other is when. Bucky is the Winter Soldier and he leaps out the sky and crushes the front of the car <laughs> and tries to kill them all. That's the first time they ever meet and now they're like busy mates. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. Um, but yeah, it ties everything up quite nice and it's a good old action. I just wish I could have watched it in one go because... Yeah, I think definitely once it ended, it made the whole thing feel better as a whole. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think it would have benefited from being a a binge instead of like a a, a weekly release thing yeah because it was the, like, the episode we've been talking yeah. to richard sorry go on i was just gonna say the episodes didn't feel as um strong alone than what it did as a series i think episode four definitely stood alone as like that one worked as like a solo episode and it said everything that it needed to say in that one episode and it left you at a great point to carry on from. Yeah. Um, yeah but yeah. some of the other ones did need to be watched like two together or something like that. So um, I was going to say, we were talking to Richard, obviously the host of Get Real Gaming, and he hasn't started watching it yet. I think he said he'd started the first episode, but I hadn't finished mm-hmm. it. Mm. Um and we, so we've been kind of saying to him for the last couple of weeks, like, oh, we want you to watch it so that we can talk about it. Um, but it feels like it would be better if you just waited an extra two weeks until it was finished and then watched the entire series. Yeah. But I, I think that is definitely the best way to watch this. I think maybe... Because it makes it into a long movie then, doesn't it? I think you brought up a good point where I think if they released two episodes at a time for this, that probably would have worked better. Because it did feel yeah. like episode one and two, and then you feel like that kind of concludes a chapter. You could probably split this into f- three chapters and have uh, two episodes a chapter, you know? Cause, All right, fucking Zack Snyder over here. With well, it, it, it does, chapters. right? It does. Because, <laughs> because yeah. think about where, epi- like, exactly what you said, where episode four left off, and then think about where episode five ends and episode six starts. It's like, the beginning of the finale is like straight in, like takes picks up straight after episode five ends. Yeah, that felt like like it was it had me excited for the finale for the full week, but it felt like a bit of like a cuckold or something at the end of like episode five. It's like and here's the final act. Okay, wait a week. Yeah, yeah. Literally. <laughs> it's like at least with one division, like going into like that last episode, like it left the story at a point where it's like okay, now we're going to conclude this all in one episode, whereas this was like, and stop halfway through the episode, wait until next week for the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. 
Uh, you enjoyed the action in this? I think you did. Yeah, I think yeah. definitely the the choreography in this was great. The fights are always cool, seeing the way that Falcon is able to use his wings in combat. We definitely got to highlight that a lot more in this. Uh, probably the most that we've seen it since the final fight in Winter Soldier. Um, so that was great to see Falcon get to use his wings in combat. Bucky as well, um, using his arm and using his super soldier serum without trying to use lethal force, like trying to find a restraint and find his new way of combat without like seeking out lethality, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I really enjoyed this. Zemo, when he got his moments in combat as well, um, just kind of it reminded I had to remind myself it's like oh yeah this was guy was like special forces like no wonder he can do some of like the stuff that he's pulling off or, and he's got some action yeah. moves on the dance floor if you get what I'm uh, saying oh, fucking we we got the Zemo cut we fucking did it we didn't have to wait <laughs> like four years like we did for the Snyder cut we got the Zemo cut yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got like a full six minute video of him dancing or something brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah. I think all the characters are really good. I think bringing back sh- like Agent Carter um, mm. was really interesting in this. Like the way they, because after like Civil War, she was just kind of dropped like a loose thread, and like she wasn't really a key enough character that we really thought about it too much. But then it's like, oh yeah, there was repercussions for other people in the world. <laughs> um, so it was interesting to pick up with her character, and I like maybe where her character's going forward and we'll talk about it when we get we get spoilers but i can't remember if we mentioned our prediction for it on the episode or i think i think we said something different on the episode but in private we mentioned like oh maybe this character's this and it's like oh we were maybe right mm. <laughs> we weren't on the podcast because i think okay so not spoiler alert because this is not true we thought originally zemo might be power broker yeah um but then it turns out different characters are Power Broker, which, like, these characters aren't Zemo. Like, But I think I figured it out a couple episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What did you think of the Carly Morgenthau character? Not the actress, but, like, how what they did with the character. I thought she was really interesting until maybe the last episode. Yeah. Like... And I think that was where I noticed more this subplot had been cut out because she did kind of leap in a logic in the last two episodes Mm -hmm. to escalate. Um, I thought it was interesting. Like she was kind of like a killmonger character, wasn't she? Like we understand and we we kind of root for what she's going for, and that's why she has the flag smashers and they have such a global fan base. Um, But you you can't figure out how she leaps from one thing to another and. I think that's also intentional, like that's her maybe succumbing to some of the influences she's under and she's becoming like a project, uh, not a project, a product of the governments and stuff, the world's nation governments and stuff. Um, So I think that was what they were going for, but when even her own people aren't getting behind her, Mm. like then you're like, do we believe this? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah, I I think she was great until she kind of wasn't and then she was... It was good in like the last few scenes. Um, yeah, I think that was mostly where I noticed like this subplot being cut out. Yeah, I agree, and I think you can really feel that 
subplot, like you said, I think you can you can feel that difference quite a lot where it feels like just a strange direction and it feels like characters react kind of strangely to what's going on. But yeah. Cause even like in episode four, I think it is, I think we're still we still kind of understand what she's doing and we're like, okay. Um, and she has like a great bit of dialogue with Sam and stuff like that, and we're like, oh, okay, yeah. Mm. Um, but then after episode four, it's just kind of like, uh, where's this come from? Yeah, literally, literally. Um, uh, sh- I think, it, uh, like I said, if we didn't know there was a missing subplot to this show, maybe, maybe we wouldn't have noticed it as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I'd love to talk to someone who didn't know that and see what they thought. Yeah. Shall we move on to spoilers, including the finale, then? Yes, it, because everything that I want to say gets tied up in the finale. What, <laughs> what would you have uh, gave this out of 10 before we move on? Um, Maybe just lower than what I gave Division. I can't remember what I gave that. I think I may have gave that, like, a 9 or... A, no, uh, I would say probably seven point five. Yeah, I'd sit around the same yeah. to be honest. About seven point five. I was going to say like a seven out of ten, eight out of ten. Yeah, I think yeah. if Winter Soldier's like an eight or a nine out of ten, this is like a seven point five. Yeah, it probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds about right. Cool. Let's move on to spoilers. Uh, okay. Let's um, open this can of worms. So when we talk about the ending, um. I wanted to just really quickly like delve in a little bit more to US agent uh, Wyatt Russell's character. Um, yep. Don't you think he just kind of completely kind of 180s at the end? Like, yeah, so we, isn't it, it strange? It seems like isn't, he's becoming a... Yeah. He, he's becoming a bad guy. And then... See, I think they gave him a bit too much of a heel turn like when he was fighting against... I don't think he should have conflicted maybe with Bucky and Sam quite as much in episode four before killing that guy. Although that was like um, an incredible setup, though. That, yeah, so like after that point, like I think he even needed more of a heel turn or because he, like he did, he made a heel turn after that and they made him seem so much more sinister. Like after like, um, I think it was that Senate hearing, they were like, right, okay, let's bring him back into an anti-hero, mm. which, like, you kind of get, like, that whole bit in the Senate hearing or whatever it was, the court-martial hearing, and he, he is saying, he's like, this is what you've made me, I'm, me and my girlfriend watched the episode, and we did have, like, a good dialogue afterwards of, you know, sort of like what we discussed when we were talking about Cherry and how the military does, it breaks you down and basically just turns you into a killer but then doesn't do anything with you afterwards. Yeah. Like, with this, like, we got to see, like, the government, like, they even mentioned, like, they don't care that you killed him. It's the fact that you did it in the daylight and you did it using the shield. Like, if you had done that in private, you would have been celebrated for it. Mm. But because you've become a spectacle and people the mass public don't like that. Now we're going to have to court martial you type thing. So I think that's, I feel like he should have been more of an antagonist in like that final episode. And then maybe, maybe he had to be like brought around by Bucky. I I think would have been like the better way of doing that. Um, Instead of like, 
he was just trying to be a good guy, even though he was a shit good guy in the final episode. Yeah, because um, didn't it just feel like all of a sudden him and Bucky were like on talking terms? Yeah, and it felt weird having like when they made him into US agent at the end, it felt like it was like some sort of like heroic like like redemption for him. I was like, he hasn't really earned the redemption yet. No. I know like he's a victim of like the US military complex and stuff like that. Mm. But he still needs to have ramifications for what he did, you know what I mean? Like it felt like the like, especially because we're seeing Bucky working so hard to redeem himself when he was innocent. Like, Bucky's a, like, he basically underwent what Bucky went through only legally. So, you know how Bucky was, like, trained to and um, brainwashed and stuff like that. It was, like, illegal torture and stuff like that. Whereas, US agent went through all the same things, but it's all legal in the eyes of the law. Yeah. Um, but then Bucky had to work so much harder for his redemption even though it wasn't his fault, whereas US agent Wyatt Russell was complicit in what happened at the same time, so it felt a bit weird. Um, yeah, I, I I thought he was a great actor in it, and um, I really liked certain aspects of it. I think it was a bit of a clunky landing, but I do like the character. Yeah, my favourite part of the US agent arc was definitely just after he um, killed that flag smasher and they had that fight in the warehouse. That was was definitely my favourite part. That was such a heavy fight. I remember just texting in the chat just there like, this scene hits different. I mean, I'd even maybe go as far as to say as like, that was my favourite part of the entire entire series just because of the weight that it carried to it yeah i think the second half of episode four and the first half of episode five definitely Mm. and then and then like the last half of the finale Mm -hmm. were like yeah because they had the weight to it like they had the emotional impact like that fight in the warehouse was as much of an emotional fight than it was a physical fight Mm -hmm. and seeing blood on the shield for the first time and seeing everyone like what the shield meant to everyone and like it was basically three people fighting over different ideologies um i know sam and bucky are coming at it from the same angle that's how they were kind of able to team up um and then when falcon gets it at the end and he's just trying his hardest to rub the blood off it because he feels so guilty for it i was like oh like that was such an impactful scene just that entire fight sequence yeah like it, it ripping Falcon's wings off as well. Bruh. Oh, bro, yeah, so heavy. Oof. So good. Oof. He literally clipped his wings and he had to learn to fly again, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was, was impactful. That's what I mean, like, that that episode was just so, like, there was just so much in it. and Yeah, and, like, that felt like a longer episode than the finale because then we get, like, Bucky, uh, sorry, Sam, going back speaking to Isaiah Bradley and mm. then you've got him coming to terms with no i can i can make a compromise and please both sides here to be the next symbol of justice type thing to be the next captain america yeah and we get his training arc and stuff like that like episode five was such a slapping episode yeah yeah it was so good like yeah i just don't know can we talk 
Go on. Say what you want to say, because mine's going to take a while. No, no, <laughs> I was just going to say, like, I just... Although it kind of wraps stuff up really nice at the end, um, I don't know. Like, I just, I just don't know whether the payoff was, like, the same level of payoff as what we got in WandaVision. And I think maybe that kind of set the bar maybe a little bit too high for me. Like, yeah, you know what maybe. I mean? I think, I think they both have the same, like, stakes going forward, but they're in very much different parts of the MCU now. Yeah, and I get that... Like, the Fal- power level is very different for the Fallout, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I get that this addresses a lot of, lot of serious real-life um, problems, you know, in terms of in terms of uh, racial views and all that sort of stuff as well. Um, but yeah, what was you going to say then? I'll let you. What do you want to talk about? I wanted to talk about Falcon finally becoming Captain America. Doing what that Steve outfit. asked him to do. Yeah, that new costume. Like, <laughs> when he smashes through the window and we see it, I'm like, that is 100% comic accurate. It looks so good in live action as well. Because I thought, will it work? Anthony Mackie pulls that shit off. Like, oh, yeah, 100%. As soon as I saw him there holding the shield with his wings out, and he's there in the stars and stripes, everything, I was like, yeah, this is a new Captain America that I can get behind. Like, mm. it looks so good. And then we get to see him be, like, the political symbol of justice. Like, he's not, like, he's not the American Boy Scout run by the military anymore. Like, he is a new Captain America for a new age. Yeah. And the way he was able to like just become this new version of Captain America and become his own was so fantastic to see. And him and Isaiah Bradley, like when he's given that speech on the news and stuff like that, well, obviously he's given it to the, the senators anyway, but it's been captured by the news. You see Isaiah Bradley like, realizing he's like trying to figure out he's like "Mm, is this a good thing and stuff like that but the big emotional payoff for me was like we got to see Bucky uh, close things off with his old man friend who he killed his son of yeah I can't remember his name and I don't want to butcher it Um, and then we got to see the bit that actually brought a tear to my eye was when we get to see Isaiah Bradley's statue yeah Smithsonian 100% like that hit me real hard because like that's something that people are fighting for in the real world and obviously like this is this is make believe so we're able to get the happy ending in the end yeah 100% um, but that that as much as seeing falcon with the shield that statue means just as much to so many people in the MCU like it's it's things that need to be presented in the real world as well it's like look he's being a symbol of justice like the mcu is being a beacon of hope like maybe one day we can see all our black historian uh, like historic characters um given their moment in the spotlight because so much of isaiah bradley's backstory is based on true events mm-hmm. and that's horrifying to think of mm. um so yeah that was that was real good and it kind of brought um elijah bradley round because like He's kind of acting like a douche still in that last episode, and then we see him, and he's just sort of stood there, like enthralled by this statue. And it's like, okay, now we could see him potentially becoming patriot going forward. Yeah, yeah. I think it wrapped it up really nicely in the last ten minutes. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think it. No, don't get me wrong. I think it wrapped it up nicely. 
I just didn't think, I, I don't know, I just think I'm still a little bit torn on whether the, the payoff was, I don't know, I think maybe the parts that I had problems with were the big U-turns that were obviously the gaps of changing the yeah. narrative partway, you know, having to change the narrative of the art like, of the series a little bit. Yeah, I think that's just working within its constraints, isn't it? Because they wanted it to avoid a delicate subject matter, like mm. a global outbreak or something. Um, whereas WandaVision didn't really need to cut around stuff like that. They were able to tell the narrative that they wanted. What's the um, deal with um, Val then? So she is a character in the comic books who's like a high up inside of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um who's known as Miss Hydra. At one point, she ends up being a Hydra agent. Mm. I reckon she's setting up Thunderbolts with um, Thaddeus Ross, who we're going to see in Black Widow. Okay. Because we've got US Agent now. We've got Baron Zemo in the raft. We've got like we've got word that Abomination's coming back as well. Like It seems like we're setting up a Thunderbolts, and I think she's going to be maybe like... She's working within the government, but maybe she's not got the government's best interests at heart and stuff like that. Because she seems very shady, doesn't she? She's um, played by the actress from Seinfeld, and she absolutely nailed the two scenes that she was in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so that's her character. She's basically got, like a very take-no-messing sort of S.H.I.E.L.D. operative who sometimes has been a villain at the same time. Mm. Um but I think at one point when she was Miss Hydra, she was or Mistress Hydra, whichever one it is. Um, she was also she was working for Shield undercover in Hydra, pretending to be with an undercover in Shield type thing. Um, yeah, it was it was a big old complicated thing. But she she's basically going to be setting up an anti-hero team. I think. What did you think of um, Sharon Carter being the uh, power broker? See, so I think I figured this out like a few episodes ago, but like they were kept using like male pronouns for Power Broker, but I, I, I had a feeling like she's letting people go along with that mm. to keep her out of the spotlight as much because she wanted to come back into the fold in in the U.S. government and stuff like that, and now she's like going to be playing like the U.S. government from the inside. Like, I think we've seen all the different ways that a government can fail its people in the show. And some of some of them they worked out well, um, and other times some people are a bit too um, unforgiving and broken to go back. So mm. she's got a taste of the underbelly now and power and money, and she's not looking to let go of that. Yeah. So I'm excited. I think it makes her character more interesting going forwards because before this she's sort of been like she's just the good-hearted undercover shield agent yeah um, whereas now she's got this other side to it, it makes her character more complex going forward it if definitely... she has to interact with anyone else going forward like how are the characters who already know are gonna treat her mm. it definitely opens up more uh potential for where it could go in future seasons and speaking of that did you do you think this will have like a second season and a third season mm. Well, we had some breaking news just before recording the podcast, which I didn't tell you about because I don't want to put it in the news section. Uh The showrunner of what got changed at the end of the series, they changed the title to Captain America and the Winter Soldier. 
has announced that we're getting a Captain America 4 film with um, Sam Wilson as Captain America. Oh, okay. So this is going back into the movies. An interesting move. Which they probably want to do because, although this feels like required viewing right now, doesn't it, for the MCU going forward? But they kind of, I think they've kind of said that like you don't 100% need to watch all the Marvel series to still understand the full narrative. So like they'll probably explain kind of where Scarlet Witch is at when she appears in Multiverse of Madness. And they... I think Captain America 4 will re-establish Sam as Captain America in the movies, um, then leading into the next Avengers project or the next team-up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I, w- I kind of felt a little bit weird when they changed the name at the end to Captain America and the Winter Soldier because, yet yeah, Falcon has now become Captain America. He's taken on the mantle and he's willing to stand in the limelight as the new Captain America. He's not stood in Steve's shadow anymore. He's going to be his own version. But this whole thing was about... Granted, it was about Bucky coming coming to terms with the fact that he was the Winter Soldier, but he's not anymore. Like, he was saying goodbye to that part of his life and moving forward as a hero and moving forward as James Barnes. So why didn't they change it to... Captain America and Bucky Barnes at the end because I don't think felt... I, yeah I don't know whether Captain America and Bucky Barnes has the same kind of well that's what he was known as in the comic books to begin with it was it was Captain America and his sidekick Bucky Barnes type thing like he was known as Bucky Barnes until he was a villain and then he was Winter Soldier mm. um, and like he even called himself White Wolf at one point in the series like I don't know it just felt like he had worked so hard and we saw that he had crossed off every name in his ledger and stuff like that. Like, he was finally able to say goodbye to the Winter Soldier. And um, the Dora Milaje as well, like, they even said to him, like, you're you're not the Winter Soldier, like, you're free from that side of your life now. Mm. So it felt weird that they still called him by that name even after they were willing to change Falcon's name. Yeah, it does seem a bit odd, actually, when you put it like that. I think Captain yeah. Falcon, Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier may have had a better ring to it. Captain Falcon. Captain Falcon. <laughs> Captain Falcon. <laughs> um, I thought the speech that uh, Sam gave at the end to the senators was really beautiful. Yeah, it was so eloquently worded, and like that shows like the smart side of Sam. Like you know how we were introduced, like he he was doing um, rehabilitation classes and groups and stuff, wasn't he? So he's obviously like an eloquent speaker about. Um, coming to terms with stuff and he knows a lot politically like he's such a smart character and i think this that final speech gave him a chance to shine you know what i mean yeah although the way he worded things i couldn't have put it that well yeah because it was actually a lot of it was worded like so simply it was just the the way of thinking about it and you could you could tell like he was basically saying as like as a minority in this country who like is still as American as the rest of us, like, this is something, like, it's not just as a country, it's as a planet, we need to understand these people, and the marginalised, and the downtrodden, and stuff like that, and the way he worded it, it felt like he was speaking to, like, everybody who's not in the 1% in the world, like, that's why it connected with Isaiah Bradley so much, and stuff like that, and his sister, like, you could feel him becoming a symbol for the world going forward after that mm-hmm. yeah it was so like you said it was so beautifully put yeah exactly chef's kiss 
<laughs> yeah, it was like so simple. Yeah, it was just elegant, really elegant. And you but... could see in that moment, like I think Bucky had already come to terms with it by the fact that he got them to make the new Captain America outfit for him. But I think in that moment, he was finally able to like, I think he thought Cap would be, Steve would be happy with this and he was fully come to terms. He was like, right, okay, he's ready to be by himself now and be Captain America. Yeah, I liked the uh, I, I like the humour that keeps getting added in between like, oh, sorry, I missed your speech. I was texting. <laughs> yeah, but then like, in that moment, like he he says, "Oh no worries, Cap," and he pats him on the shield, and that for me was like, "Oh, mm. there it is!" Like yeah. you got Bucky's seal of approval now. He called you Cap. Like did the uh, the car bomb at the end catch you off guard as well? <laughs> A little bit because they said they were taking him to the to the raft. So I was like, "Ooh, maybe this is going to be setting up something." Like I thought the post credits was going to be like a Thunderbolts reveal. I really did. Yeah. <laughs> But and it, it it took me a minute to remember. It was like, oh yeah, that's Zemo's butler. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Also, old man be killing people. <laughs> I was a bit like, who the hell is this guy? At first, I was like, what? <laughs> Am I meant to know who this is? And then I was like, oh yeah, it's a uh, Zemo's butler. Yeah, because I kind of forgot that Zemo was even part of the series for a minute until that happened, and then they show him like smugly sitting in the raft. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. He's not going anywhere now. He's in the yeah. raft, though. I, t- I turned to Charles. I was like, oh, yeah, just to remind us all, this guy's still a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a good dude. Although he did some pretty good things in this, and he was a really good character that we all kind of loved in this series. Still very much a bad guy. Yeah. Still a terrorist. Yeah, don't get, don't get mixed <laughs> up. He's definitely a bad guy. Uh, I think that kind of wraps. Yeah, us up. I had to. I had to sort of say it was like, yeah, he did blow up a United Nations meeting, killing the king of Wakanda, didn't he? Yeah, uh, yes. Cannot forget <laughs> that. Um, okay, I guess that kind of wraps up Falcon Winter Soldier. Um, looking forward to what's next. I believe it's Loki next. Loki, uh, June eleventh. Loki. Ah, we got a bit. Of I'm time. hoping they drop two episodes. We'll have the Bad Batch out before Loki. Oh. It's yeah, that's be. only, what, two weeks away, the Bad Batch? May the 4th, bro. May the 4th. A week and a half, bro. week and a half. week and a half. Right, we will <laughs> uh, catch you uh, when we... <laughs> what am I saying? When we do the next episode next week, because we record an episode every week. <laughs> but I forgot the whole entire ending we have to do. Socials. 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 That's, that's the thing I've got to say, Chris, the socials. Um, yeah, if you want to make sure you don't miss an episode then you can follow us check us out at facebook instagram twitter at get real pod and if so inclined you can email us at get real pod at gmail.com and the best way to support the podcast is to leave us a rate and review wherever you listen to us uh if you're listening to us on apple podcasts leave us a five stars and a review on there if you listen to us on spotify follow us on there if you're on i don't know Amazon Music, leave us a rate and review on there as well. Um, But the best place to do it is over on Podchaser, because if you leave us a rate and review on Podchaser, it will syndicate it to all all the other podcast distributors there are out there. So you only need to leave one rate and review, and they'll put it bloody everywhere. It's bloody all right. Your deezers, your... Your Napsters, if that's still a your thing. Napsters. Your Your Zune music. Your iHeartRadios. He'll <laughs> put it. He'll put it on all of them. Uh, but 
If you don't want to leave us a rate and review, there's one even better way you can support the podcast. It's to tell all your friends about us. Share us out on your socials. When you see us posting something on Instagram or Twitter when the new episode goes live or Facebook, just hit that share. Just post it on your timeline. Let everyone know how much you love the podcast. Uh, just go into work. Tell two people about it. If you like, stood on a train listening to us right now, which I bet somebody in the world is. Just scream just, like, in the air of the person the next to you. Yeah. yeah. Just like shout it down the tube. Just there like, hey, you guys check out that new Get Real podcast. <laughs> I nearly said Get Real Gaming. Because that's my next point is also don't forget to check out Get Real Gaming, our sister podcast. New episodes every Wednesday with Lawrence and Richard talking about all the things nerdy gaming, whatnot. Mm. No idea what they're talking about. Probably the new Call of Duty update. Um, I know they started to talk about that last week, but it's finally dropped now. So maybe yeah. that's what they're talking about. They talk about I don't know Call anything Duty, else coming out like in games. We talk about Star Wars. <laughs> Literally, maybe maybe we can all get on there and talk about a big old fucking Magic the Gathering episode. I know you've done one, but let's do another one. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. And it'll be Captain Sam and the Ginger Soldier. (laughs) (laughs) Uncle Sam and the Ginger Soldier. There you go. There you go. That bloody is the eagle from God Zombies again. Oh, no. It's back. It's It's part of the Easter egg. (laughs) It was, it was the, so loud. It was the main <laughs> villain all along. <laughs> the eagle was the falcon's biggest nemesis. <laughs> okay, well, see you next week. Bye. Bye.